Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, brush beater training and consulting, and hosted by me, NC Scout, the best-selling author, still, still ranked number one on Amazon.com in its respective categories, but the uh, Gorilla's Guide to the Bowfing Radio, which uh, is really, really something, <clears throat> you know, really something. And it is this wonderful community that has uh, made it what it is, continues to make it what it is. And, uh, you know, that's enabled a lot of the other awesome things that we have on tap. It, it, it was the impetus to create Brushbeater.store, uh, which, of course, this podcast is brought to you in large part by. Uh, we just wrapped up the Labor Day sale, which was absolutely crazy uh really crazy i'll say across the three days that we ran the sale we posted well over i don't have the exact number sitting in front of me but i want to say it was over 140 orders um i know it was at least that many i know it was that's the number that sticks out in my head uh, it was at least that many, and that is absolutely wild. Um, a lot of people buying communication stuff, a lot of people getting in on classes too, but really taking the advantage of uh, the sales. And you cleaned me out of a lot of stuff. Um, you know, sold out of several things, uh, some signals intelligence products specifically. But the good news is, is that we have a lot more on uh, the way. And will be coming in very shortly, uh, at least within the next week or so. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, one thing that I'm super excited about, you know, we've got the night vision, we've got the thermal, we've got IR lasers that are going to be coming in back into stock. Uh, you know, the designate IRs, which are manufactured by U.S. Night Vision. And I'm um, uh, friends with Steve, the owner of the company over there. Got the dealer agreement with them. Going to have uh, products that, that are going to be coming out. The designated IR is really a hot item right now. Um, and probably will be for, you know, the next, well, I would say the foreseeable future until something, you know, even better comes along. But this sucker is, is weighing in at just a few ounces is really really incredible and you know the two that i have 
on hand that are T and E models for me that I've been using and running. And I've got one on an AK. I've got another one on a uh, Colt M4. And I've been beating the crap out of these things, running drills, and, um, you know, doing all the things. Uh, the AK sitting up on the tractor with me. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love that rifle. It's a GF3. And I'm going to be talking about that, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, get a couple of questions from Radio Contra that we're going to be talking about. We've got a lot to break down um, in this episode, but talking about those products, uh, going back to that, new optics. We have new optics. Uh, I am proud to announce that I am a dealer for Lucid Optics. Uh, Jamie Wilson out in Riverton, Wyoming. I got a chance to break bread with him. I told all of you that uh, you know we've got an optics manufacturer on board. We actually have more than one. Uh, we have more than one, but Lucid is the first one that we are unveiling. We've, we've got a few. Uh, I've got a few that are waiting in the wings, but these are the products that came in first, and we have them out the door now. So I've got an LPVO, uh, 1 to 6 by 24, that is gradiated in MOAs. The reticle on this optic is in MOAs, and you have the turrets that are able to be adjusted uh, without caps. So everything is in MOAs. Um, several... Really good friends of mine, guys who are incredible shooters, um, you know, and one of them in particular who, who is a good friend of mine who's uh, very active with Appleseed as, as an Appleseed instructor and, and has been doing that for a very long time. We had a discussion um, sometime back about... MOAs versus Mills, you know, and of course I came up shooting Mills and, and Mills is what I know. And, you know, that's that's kind of how my brain works. But I'm constantly thinking about and, and reevaluating uh, a lot of things that, that I learned that were very applicable to the military and, you know, the Army specifically. And, and of course, you know, my, my brother's over in the Marine Corps of, you know, we did things a particular way for a particular reason and that doesn't always translate very well to the civilian world because as I've had to learn over the years uh, training civilians that, that the civilian training paradigm and, you know, we'll say, you know, the, the classical model of, of training guys that, that don't have that military indoctrination, they don't, you know, they, they, they don't have any of that. And their frame of reference on everything is a uh, civilian mindset. And, and in the United States, it's a fact. We think of everything in terms of inches and feet and yards. And so a lot of times when I'm in class and I'll, I'll say things like meters and whatnot, I'll get some funny looks. Uh, you know, you, you'll get some funny looks from people because that's just not how we think, you know, in, in the United States, in civilian culture. And so... Um, you know, it, it's a very valid point about MOAs or minutes of angle, which is, you know, the, the standard units of measurement versus mils. And, uh, you know, with, with optics these days, of course, the debate is, it rages on and on and on, you know, among optics guys and all of that. And, and that, that's fine, man. Um, you know, I don't really get into that, but what I will say is they both very much have merit, um, if you are using one setup, stick with it 
And I think that the MOAs and having a LPVO that offers a reticle in minutes of angle and has the adjustments in minute of angle is really unique. And I think that it's something that sets uh, Lucid apart from the crowd. Um, now, we also have um, a mini red dot in stock, which I'm, I'm really proud of that as well. We also have a 4x30 fixed power prismatic optic, which is really, really cool. Um, this thing is tiny, and it the illumination in it is powered by a AAA battery. Um, with a lithium battery in this thing, you can get up to uh, 250,000 hours, I think. Uh, is what it is rated at. I could be wrong about that. I am speaking off the cuff. I don't have the specs in front of me right now. But uh, it's it's a ridiculously long-term uh, powering of that optic. And I think that it is so, so cool. I remember looking through this out in Wyoming, and I said, man, I want to bring that to market. Um, you know, Lucid is a company that has a lot of market space out west. Um and in particular in the long-range precision game, a lot of their smaller optics, and you know, I hate to really use a term like this or, or phrase it like this, but it is true, uh, for the, the practical rifle on the East Coast, you know, what AR-15 shooters are shooting primarily on the East Coast versus maybe the West Coast or, you know, out in Utah or Nevada where, they, you know, you have longer ranges generally and, and a lot of, of open space out there to shoot, whereas, you know, on the East Coast it's kind of uh, tight terrain, heavy vegetation. You know, we're not really setting up weapons as much for long range stuff and so lucid is is kind of known for their higher magnification um you know larger lenses larger objective lenses specifically and they're not really known for the smaller stuff that they brought to market and so i think that we can change that uh we can absolutely change that um been running a couple of samples of theirs for a little while now i'm very very happy with it uh the the initial feedback is is very strong and i think that you're going to be very happy with it too their designs are very intuitive and um easy to use really really easy to use so um you know and, and i'm gonna have jamie on on the podcast in the near future, I've got uh, the course, uh, the RTO compressed course over in Tennessee, of course, coming up this weekend. And uh, going into the next week, we're going to be blessed to have Kay from Combat Studies Group here in the Gorilla Camp again. And maybe we can kick out an in-person podcast in the breaks that he's got in between the four classes that he's going to be running. You know, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Uh, so we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun heck of a lot of fun and a lot of bright things on the horizon uh for everything that we've got going on of course now um diving into the news of the day you know i never like to see things like this that that i'm about to talk about here i never like to see uh, companies that the Second Amendment community, the Patriot community, has embraced and stood behind uh, for years now, go down in the way that 
Liberty Safe is going. Um, I never like to see that. And it's it's bad. Uh, in case you didn't know, in case you did not know regarding Liberty Safe, um, they provided the backdoor passcode to their electronic lock system to the FBI. And uh, this was disclosed uh, to a couple of media outlets before Liberty themselves put out a statement. Uh, They made absolutely no attempt to get ahead of this, and now it has been disclosed, and there's a lot of people that are piling on them. And I, I... you know, I hate to say it, but this is rightfully so. Uh, they are getting roasted, and rightfully so. So let's dive into their, their statement here, and I'm going to explain some things. Uh, so on August 30th, 2023, Liberty Safe was contacted by the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, requesting access the access code to the safe of an individual for whom they had a warrant to search their property. Our company protocol is to provide access codes to law enforcement if a warrant grants them access to a property. After receiving the request, we received proof of the valid warrant, and only then did we provide them with an access code. Liberty Safe had no knowledge of any of the details surrounding the investigation at the time. Liberty Safe is devoted to protecting the personal property and Second Amendment rights of our customers and has repeatedly denied access requests or denied requests rather for access codes without a warrant in the past. We do not give out combinations without proper legal documentation being provided by authorities. We regularly update our policies to ensure both compliance with federal and state law and reasonable customer privacy protections within the law. That's that's important. First and foremost, Liberty Safe is committed to preserving our customers' rights and we will remain unwavering in those values. Uh, um yeah, it, this this is a bad statement. So, um no doubt their their corporate attorney prepared this. Um, I'm not sure if the CEO of their company, because Liberty Safe's a, a very large company. Um, you know, they've advertised on, on a lot of the conservative talk shows. You know, I know, uh, Glenn Beck was advertising for them. Sean Hannity was advertising for them. They had their spoken ads for them, which are very expensive for them to do. Um, you know, and, and you can buy Liberty Safes in places like Tractor Supply and uh, Murdoch's and so on and so forth. So they've got a big market presence. Um, but right off the bat, let's let's discuss some things. Let's break some stuff down. And before going on air, I did talk to an attorney uh, who is a Second Amendment attorney uh, who shall not be named. But, you know, we, we discussed a couple of little things and, and he sent me a question uh, kind of asking where I was coming from, uh, some opinions that, that I had uh, voiced. And, you know, he confirmed what I was saying and backed that up. Uh, so, you know, um, right off the bat, they're establishing a, a chain of custody, essentially, and, and making a statement of the facts of what occurred. Um, 
So Liberty Safe was contacted by the FBI. And so some of the people that are defending this company and defending this practice here said, you know, oh, well, you know, we didn't get to see the warrant. You're not going to get to see the warrant. Okay, you're you're not going to get to see that. That's not going to be disclosed in public. Stop acting like a petulant child. That's not going to happen. Okay. There was no warrant issued for Liberty Gun Safe. Or, or Liberty Safe, rather. There was no warrant issued for them. Because if there was, it would have been put into this statement. They, that is what they would have opened with here. Instead of them saying they were contacted by the FBI, they would say a warrant was issued by the FBI or a warrant was issued by the federal court on part of the FBI requesting the master access code. That is what they would have said. That is what their uh, corporate attorney or their legal advisory team, because they no, no doubt have one for indemnity uh, across the board and, and for these types of issues. I know that they have one. Okay, It's a standard corporate practice. But they would have put that in there. They didn't do that. Okay, They didn't do that. And there's an additional clause in this statement that is predicating the original statement. All right, the the you know Liberty Safe was contacted by the FBI. Subject. Boom. Period. Okay, FBI requesting access code. Boom. Period. All right. Of the safe of an individual for whom they had a warrant to search their property. So that establishes that the warrant was actually for the person, the object of the investigation, who was named in the search warrant. The subject of the search warrant was not Liberty Safe, the company entity, but rather the safe itself. Liberty Safe had no legal obligation to give this code to any legal authority whatsoever. Okay, they they did not have any sort of legal obligation whatsoever. This this is the same as if I go and I buy a car and I have my car and I have my keys to my car, right? That is your property, and there is there are many, many laws on the books. Most of the 50 states, by the way, extend your uh, the protections of your, your uh, home and curtilage. Okay, so everything around your home, your surrounding property, they extend those protections to your vehicle as well. Uh, now, there's some, some questions uh, about plain view doctrine and, you know, so on and so forth. That's outside of this. Okay. But they can't just say, hey, we want a master key to this guy's car because we have a search warrant for it. Okay, well, you have other ways of getting into it. You know, now, does that mean that there aren't master keys to get into to people's cars? Yeah, there absolutely are. Uh, there absolutely is, and they, they have a way of doing that. All right, uh, government has a way of doing that, and, and, but this is the thing. Evidence that is collected with violation of the Fourth Amendment falls under what's known as the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine. Any evidence that is collected outside of the boundaries established in the Fourth Amendment are not legally admissible. Okay, and for for that, okay, going along with that, there is such a clause known as particularity, 
as concerning search warrants. Search warrants are different from arrest warrants, okay? And I'm speaking not as an attorney. I'm not a practicing attorney. I do not have a JD behind my name. But I do understand this process, and I understand it quite well. Uh, There are search warrants. There are arrest warrants. Arrest warrants are issued by the court for the arrest of said individual. Search warrants, on the other hand, are issued by the court to search for evidence that is supporting in the facts of an alleged crime. They are mutually exclusive from one another. A search warrant is required prior to an arrest. And both of them are very specific in dealing with individuals or entities themselves. Liberty Safe was not named in this warrant. I go back to what I was saying. If they had been named in this warrant, they would have stated so in this statement. This is universal. I don't think anybody is is disagreeing with that. Um, that principle, because that would have protected them, and and that would have that statement alone would have said, "Hey, man, you know, like." All right, we don't agree with it. We don't like it. But if you got a search warrant issued for you, for your company, for this particular thing, hey man, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? They didn't do that though. They willingly cooperated. They willingly rolled over. And they willingly, if you have a Liberty Safe out there, which, you know, I think is going to be a lot less people going forward now because a lot of people have seen this and the response the backlash on them is every bit as vicious if not more so than the bud light bash uh, backlash and so this is this this is getting pretty bad um they had no legal obligation to provide that uh none whatsoever and going back to this this thing about the particularity clause in a search warrant a search warrant must spell out exactly what they are looking for and how they go about collecting that evidence okay it it it's you don't just have a blanket search warrant for somebody's property oh hey we want to go in there and look around see what we can find no uh that's not how this works and so as it pertains to safes, as it pertains to uh, things that are not in the public purview, there are specific legal protections under the Fourth Amendment that they have to get a specific search warrant that has that particularity assigned to it to say, hey, you know, we want a warrant specifically for that safe that is located at this property and this is it and we're giving the details of it. Now, that's in a perfect world. Okay, we know this. That's in a perfect world. And in, uh, unfortunately, in the United States, the reality is, is that a lot of this, uh, a lot of these legal protections and, um, you know, the, the uh, principles that we hold dear as far as uh, legal protections behind stuff and protecting us from the government, a lot of them have went by the wayside. And this is nothing new. Okay, this is nothing new. Anybody thinks that, you know, all this stuff started with the Patriot Act? Nah, it started way, way beyond, uh, way back into the past. You know, and, and we're going to be talking about this, but, but it's very concerning that the FBI is 
using uh, the corporate entities to go after individuals. Um, now, this, of course, is setting aside some of the facts of, of the investigation itself. It was a quote-unquote January 6th guy, which is, is kind of becoming the new Al-Qaeda. Um, you know, th- this is... I, I Actually, I, I'm speaking kind of jocular, jocularously uh, there. I think it's, it's a little bit more than that. All right, it's a little bit more than that. Uh, we're the new boogeyman. Right, we're the new boogeyman. Any anybody who is a patriot, anybody who is a conservative, anybody who is a Trump supporter, these are the people that that they're coming after now. Right, they've weaponized government against us, and you need to understand that going forward. Um, so, whatever argument that people are making about, well, you know, well, liberty, you know, maybe, 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 maybe they get a warrant written. No, they didn't. If they had, it would have stated so. Okay. If they had, they would have done everything that they they could. They put this statement out completely tone deaf to their customers, their clientele, and to the protections there. And here, here's something else. Uh, here, here is a another point here. Our company protocol is to provide access codes to law enforcement if a warrant grants them access to a property. How many other people have they done this to? How many other times have they done this? You know, now I'm I'm not saying, I'm not defending uh, people who are indefensible. Okay, those those are really, uh, that's that's getting into attorney territory. Um, But... The point is, is that either you protect your clients to which you do have an obligation, legal or otherwise, otherwise meaning protecting your clients, right? Why do you have a safe? It's things that you don't want in the public purview, okay? Whatever it may be, whatever that may be, it's things that you do not necessarily want floating around. Right, we want to protect them. It's not, you know, a will. I protect mine from house fire. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, you you don't know very much about house fires. You know, the the safe itself might be okay. Things inside of it are still getting toasted. It's what an, they they become ovens. Um, you know. Any anyway, I digress. Uh, Liberty Safe is getting drug. They deserve to get drug. I think um, this is. They, they have become the Bud Light of gun safe companies. I expect them to go out of business shortly, uh, very shortly. I think at this point there is no damage control that they can do that's going to salvage their company. And I tell you, um, I feel really bad for the workers that work for that company. Uh, they're, they're the ones because, you know, we're getting into the busiest time of the year, uh, for manufacturing, especially manufacturing. I mean, gun safes are are hot sellers in the holiday season. And so you're going to have a a lot of companies out there that they are providing these gun safes to, uh, for retail sales that are going to be canceling their orders. And, you know, I, I think that it really couldn't, couldn't have come at a worse time, um, this is a massive miscalculation on their part, and it, it's really unfortunate. Again, I, you know, the company owners, as far as I'm concerned, is scumbags. Um, that's just, you know, 
you you have a duty to your clientele first and foremost. And this is one of those times where, you know, I hate to use Apple as an example, and I'm going to break this one down here in a second. Um, but this is one of those times where Apple really um, did some good things with concern to their clients where that could have been, a, you know, a, a pretty strong, uh, that, that could have cemented their place uh, in, in the market and, and made them legends, no matter how much it actually cost in government litigation and whatnot. Um, you know, th- this community would have backed them up and, uh, yeah, it, it's just really unfortunate. It's, it's not only is it a missed opportunity, but it is, this, this is, this is just, it's bad. Uh, it's all around bad. So uh, I want to talk about Apple real quick because there were some people who were making a, Parody, if you will, uh, not a parody, but a parity uh, between Apple's situation after the San Bernardino shooting and this situation right here. And, and that's really comparing uh, apples and oranges. And, and you're, it's not a perfect comparison. Here's why. Uh, facts of the, the crime <clears throat> here. Eh, maybe. Uh, They are similar situations, but they are also different. And this goes back to the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine, because some people were using this as an opportunity that I saw online to state, you know, oh, well, Apple is secure because they didn't blah, blah, blah. They didn't give the the, uh, uh, back door over and there was no back door. No. Um celebrates a thing pegasus is a thing okay and apple every engineer that works at apple who is being honest about it would tell you that because apple is closed source since well let me rephrase that it's not because they're closed source um apple can see what's going across its network okay it is it is a closed loop system it is closed source. They don't allow audits. Um, the selling point behind Apple is the quality of the devices itself. It used to be security. It, the question is from who? Okay. And, and let me explain where I'm going with this. They have access to the data. The FBI wanted a legal precedent to be able to use the evidence they already had in the San Bernardino shooting. Okay. And, um, you know, the facts of that crime, in case you remember, uh, there was a, um, a case of sudden jihad syndrome, a guy and his wife. Uh, I think they were, I don't really, they, they weren't Syrian. Maybe they were, I don't remember. Anyway, sudden jihad syndrome, uh, the brother-in-law had bought the firearms. So it was a straw man purchase. That's illegal already. And, you know, they, they went out and uh, uh, committed themselves to jihad, right? And so the FBI wanted to be able to take that evidence and admit it in court, right, to, to further prosecute the, the others that were involved in this. Um, they couldn't do so. Because in order for evidence to be admitted 
lawfully in court, it has to have been obtained lawfully. And if there is any question regarding tainted evidence and you have a lawyer who is uh, savvy on this stuff, a criminal defense attorney that's savvy on this stuff. Uh, and if I remember correctly, it was an attorney from the ACLU that was representing them. So we are talking about savvy um, uh, criminal defense attorneys who are on the up and up with regard to uh, uh, your rights, uh, your civil liberties and the protections therein under the law. Right? And, they, and, and that is how you call that question uh, in is not whether or not the evidence is there. It's whether it was obtained lawfully or not. This is one of the things they used in the O.J. Simpson case, by the way. Uh, and this was the reason that he, he was found not guilty was because the, the fundamental question regarding the evidence collection practices and the bias of Mark Furman and his investigative team from the LAPD, uh, the evidence technicians and the, the, the uh, homicide division itself, they had a racial bias. And, and that was the question that was called in. That was what ultimately won that case. And so as uh, looking at the Apple case here, it, it wasn't that they didn't have the evidence. It was that they wanted it known that they had a legal precedent going forward to obtain it so they could use it in future cases. Apple refused to relent on that because that would have damaged their uh, reputation, their, their market at that point, that people were buying Apple devices because of its purported security um, for no other reason than that. Okay, no other reason than that. And they had a financial interest in protecting that uh, perception. And that was what it was all about. That was what it was centered around. So, you know, apples to, to oranges, apples to avocados, maybe. Um, they, they, you know, similar from afar, but, but different. And, and the fundamental question behind both of those cases was very different. Uh, very different. But as it pertains to Liberty Saves here, oh, um, bad news. You know, this is bad news. And it, I think, is, is uh, hideously irresponsible on their part. Um, a disclosure of this kind was very tone deaf. And uh, the backlash that they are receiving is deserved, I think, very much justified. And... Um, you know, to be quite honest, I think it's it's they, they're going to be closing their doors up. And, and that's unfortunate. Uh, I hate to see this in, in any company that that has done good things in the past. Um, you know, but then again, we're not living in Lee Greenwood stand anymore. You know, we're not um, we're not out there waving the flag. And, and you know, we, we there's a very real. Uh, culture war at a minimum that is going on right now. And we're, we're seeing the more and more evidence that is coming out of misdeeds and corruption that's happening at the highest level. You got to understand that, that even the average Joe on the street who is, you know, what Rush Limbaugh back in the day would have called a, a, you know, a low information voter. But, but at the street level, he's conservative, man. He's, he's got the bumper stickers on. He might be wearing t-shirts from, you know, grunt style or wherever, you know, he's a good old boy. 
they look at this. They look at stuff like this, and maybe they, they're not articulate about it, and maybe you know they're not necessarily uh, well read on on every little thing. Right? They don't have to be. Okay, they don't have to be. It's a perception, right? And and that's what it all boils down to. And they know that right now, the corruption is so visible at every level, you can't hide it. Okay, and so people are looking right now. Who, who the hell is standing up? You know, who is standing up? And if you're willing to roll over and, and not even at least make them work for it, then I'm sorry. I can't support a company that's like that. And, you know, whether you do or not is, is totally up to you. And, uh, you know, I, I know what what I'm going to do. And, and that's that. And, um, you know, by the looks of things, it, it looks like a lot of other people agree with that. Uh, so definitely in the majority and with, with that regard. Uh, so talking about evident corruption, talking about uh, plain view corruption, of course, uh, Joe Biden walked out on a Medal of Honor recipient yesterday that was uh, caught on camera. He literally uh, shook the guy's hand and walked away, uh, put, put the medal on him. Shook his hand, walked away, and uh, left him left him high and dry up there on the stage, which I think is absolutely shameful. Uh, but you know that, and and you know I, I think my opinion on such matters is is pretty evident, and we don't really necessarily need to be talking about that anymore. But something that isn't necessarily. Uh, out in your face, of course, I've discussed in the past. The uh, the link between, you know, Ukraine, uh, the Azov Battalion, you know, these guys are Nazis uh, and they make they're not hiding it. <clears throat> OK, they're not hiding this. They're not hiding what they are and who they are. And uh, anyway, I've also said repeatedly both, uh, you know, that that. That is a fact, okay. But also that a lot of these guys who have had experience in Ukraine in, in whatever capacity that may be are going to be returning home, and they're going to rear their ugly heads one way or another, uh, usually popping up at uh, some inopportune times, uh, whether they're on someone's payroll or not. Uh, we've got an example of this here. Now, I want to point some things out. Um, I know a lot of people get the the uh, quote-unquote fed uh, fatigue. You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, tossing around the, the F word online. Oh, he's a fed. He's, a, he's this, he's that. No, <clears throat> not necessarily. Uh, not, not in all cases. And it, it does get tiresome. And if you don't know any better, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the, the boy that cries wolf for a lot of people. If you don't know any better, you would fall into that trap. And I can totally see how you would. It's, you know, anybody who steps out and, and you know, makes a voice for themselves and, and starts stating certain facts that maybe are, are comfortable or uncomfortable or, or really starts to become, you know, a, a difference maker. People label them with, with the, the Fed word, right? <clears throat> it happens. Uh, it happens a lot. However, however, 
With that said, there are some things that are absolutely true. COINTELPRO was a thing. Okay, that was absolutely a thing. You don't know what COINTELPRO was? Well, that's the reason that William Ayers and Bernadine Dorn were released from prison for being communist terrorists. Okay, they bombed the Pentagon. They killed police officers. They were the American version of the Bader-Meinhof gang, which were a communist vanguard in Germany, in West Germany specifically, the Red Brigades in Italy. The Weather Underground was very much their counterpart. And so in order to get ahead of this, the FBI decided, taking some wisdom from other nations that fought insurgencies, understanding that there is a domestic insurgency to be fought, that if they create their own group or infiltrate and undermine this group, that they did not have anything else really uh, on because a lot of the, the members of the Weather Underground were pretty good at what they did and they understood the loopholes in in a lot of the evidence collection procedures and they understood this stuff because they weren't stupid okay this is a misconception a lot of people make when they they say oh you know oh communists are dumb whatever no they they were very very intelligent they were very good at what they did Uh, the results speak for themselves it's not speaking in praise it's just stating a fact and so what the, the FBI began to do with COINTELPRO was if you can't collect any evidence that's legitimate, you start manufacturing it. And you start uh, what's known as enticement to commit further acts. And this leads to entrapment. So enticement leads to entrapment. Now enticement has a, a number of, of uh functions when when you are trying to get people to do things that they would not ordinarily do uh would not otherwise do and uh you know it it also has a number of functions when people are a little over eager to pose in front of cameras and i'm going to talk about this and here in a second uh but cointelpro was a thing patcon was a thing right operation patcon was a thing as well you can look these up all right operation patcon was the same the literal same plan just applied to the right. right? Operation PatCon was absolutely a thing. They applied this to the right because they wanted to get ahead of these militant right-wing groups that were emerging out there. Right? They're still doing it now. This did not go away. Okay, This absolutely did not go away. These programs did not go away. And, and something else. If you want to educate yourself further on the process of going overseas, becoming a quote-unquote foreign legion fighter for someone or on part of another entity that is not the nation of your birth, you become a person of interest, of high interest, when you return to the nation of your patronage. The United States is... We've got a long history of doing that. Uh, this was well documented in uh, Akil Collins's book, My Jihad, which uh, longtime listeners know, I think is a, a critically important book to read. You should read it. Uh, you should read it. You should take copious notes for a lot of reasons. Okay, for a lot of reasons. But one of the things in there was how 
he was nearly killed by an internal enforcer in, in the jihadi circle that the Collins ran in. Um, he made his way back to Jordan. He was sniffing around some deals that, that were going on that, that he probably needed to keep his nose out of. And there was a, you know, an internal enforcer because they, you know, organizations, criminal organizations, there's really not a lot of difference between a terrorist organization and a criminal organization. The, the real, the, the real distinction is what the end goal is. Uh, criminal only and, and organized crime organizations are there for financial gain, not necessarily uh, political motivations and terror groups are but uh they you know they have their internal enforcement mechanisms so this guy tries to kill collins uh spoiler alert but it's in in the first few chapters of the book this guy tries to kill collins and so he comes back to the united states and he turns informant uh for the fbi and and then was uh handed off to the cia and you know they they had a plan for him uh prior to 9 11 uh, but they wanted to know because he was a foreign fighter. Okay. He had left, he had went overseas. He was a foreign fighter. So he obtained training in, uh, you know, a non-nation state actor, if we're going to use legal terms camp, and then came back to the United States. They wanted to know what he knew and they wanted to know more importantly who he knew and they're mapping out who these key players are. They're figuring out who, who everybody is. Um, you know, the bin Laden training camps that were in Afghanistan, he had boots on the ground time there. They wanted to know, you know, who the key players were in Chechnya. Of course he, you know, he fought there. He wanted to know, and then he got on their payroll. Another really good book about the topic Literal same thing that happened is Agent Storm. Morton Storm uh, is a Danish guy who, very, very similar to Akil Collins, comes up in, you know, rough circumstances, uh, you know, has, has a broken home as a child, ended up, you know, going to uh, child reformatories, uh, you know, rather than Southern California. Of course, he's in Denmark. Um, gets out, joins a biker gang, ends up uh, converting to Islam, and becomes a militant. You know, this is a very common thread among a lot of Islamic militants, but also organized crime and really the radicalization process as a whole. It's it's very similar across the board, right? And so uh, with Morton Storm, he comes onto the radar because he's a member of the Banditos biker gang during the Great Nordic biker war but then also after he converted to islam he travels to yemen he becomes friends with anwar al-awlaki and of course you know he was an, an american anwar the uh al america ah i'm stumbling over my words here um anwar al-awlaki the american was the guy that you know we killed about a decade ago with a drone strike, he was an American citizen. He was convicted of terrorism in absentia. And I'm not saying the guy wasn't bad, but his because he absolutely was, but his civil rights were violated. But, you know, Morton Storm lays out the whole process of, you know, when I came back from Yemen and he had been doing stuff, you know, I mean, he was he was globetrotting, man. He'd been doing stuff all across the world. Danish security services wanted a piece of him. 
They got it. He had his handlers there. He talked about his handlers from MI5, MI6, which are, of course, the, the British intelligence agencies. MI5 is domestic counterinsurgency, or uh, domestic counterintelligence, rather. The same function as the FBI, by the way. Uh, that, that's the FBI's original jurisdiction, is counterintelligence. And they, they were formed to go after, quote-unquote, anarchists and the original Red Terror. Um, you know, this was chronicled in, in numerous books out there, but, uh, you know, the film J. Edgar Hoover with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, there it is. So, um, anyhow, they, there was a bombing plot, there was a red terror across D.C., and, and the FBI was created to, to put that down as a special investigative unit within the Department of Justice, and then it grew into the behemoth that, that it is today. Uh, but I tell you all that to explain to you when you go overseas and you are a knowing combatant in the goings on overseas, you know, whatever it is, America has interest in you. And when you come back and you're doing it, you know, sua sponte of your own accord, when you come back, when you return from that, they're going to want to know what you know. You're, you are a person of interest. And depending on your utility to the machine, they're going to use you for one thing or another. Now, um, I'm telling you all that because there's a video that has surfaced. And, you know, doesn't matter what you think of Laura Loomer. Um... I understand she's a polarizing figure, believe me. Um, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not her biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan of grifters in general. Uh, I think as a lot of longtime listeners know, um, I really don't like political grifters. I don't think that there's a lot of difference between, you know, her and people like the Krasensteins and the Harry Sissons of the world, you know, the, the Democrat influencers. I think that they're all cut from the same cloth. You know, yeah. Is she playing for our team? Yeah, today. Um, but that, that aside, you know, she is, despite what, what some people may think, um, you know, take, take what you can get when you get it. Right. And this, this is cementing a, a larger point that I've been making for a very long time here. Uh, so she's got video of a guy, uh, who is having an interaction with law enforcement in, uh, Escambia County, Florida. Uh, this guy's name, Kent Boneface, uh, quote unquote, McKellen or McClellan. Uh, now Boneface McClellan is, uh, the member of this, you know, neo-Nazi gang that has been posing in front of cameras, making very inflammatory statements. Um, you know, these are things that if you have any counterintelligence training, you can recognize certain patterns right off the bat. And um, there's a reason that, that they're doing this. Um, they're trying to paint you and I as, as being reprobates, as being, you know, we well, obviously, if these guys are like this, then, you know, everybody must be like this. This is, this is what they're doing. And 
you know, the messaging here is what's important. Whether you believe that personally or not is irrelevant. Okay, it's not about what I think. It's not about what you think. It's it's the public perception of the uh, let's say 60% in the center who, who say that they're, you know, they're fence sitters and they, you know, oh, well, you know, I, I just really don't know. I, I'm just, you know, politically, I just don't know. Um, they're trying to convince those guys. Okay. And what they're doing is trying to splinter off any support for Trump, for conservatism in general. And if you think all the troubles that are going on with Trump, as a little aside, if you think of any of the troubles that, that are uh, the indictments and all the stuff they're handing down to Trump, as I see a lot of the, the DeSantis and uh, mainstream, quote-unquote, Republicans, if there are any in real life, uh, if you think that this is all exclusive to Trump, I'm telling you right now, they're going to they're gonna use everything that they've done to Trump. They're going to do this to bury any real-world opposition. These are the tools. This, this is the precedent they've set. This is what they're going to do. If you try to, to change the machine, if you pose a threat to their corruption in any way, shape, or form, they, this is what they're going to do. This is how they're going to come after you. So for the people who are saying, well, you know, I'm going to vote for this other guy because, you know, Trump, well, he, he's, you know, what if what's going to happen if they convict him? So what? So what? Uh, they're going to do this to anybody else. You think that they're not going to come after DeSantis the exact same ways? I got news for you. It's exactly what they're going to do. Probably worse. Because at least Trump has the, the financial standing to fight under it. He's He is a, a, a rallying post. Now, I'm not the biggest Trump fan in the world either. Okay, please understand it. Don't get this twisted. But they can, they can point at him... They can fight him, right? Somebody like DeSantis that doesn't have necessarily the, the deep pockets and, and the connections that you may you may not know about, you know, they can't really fight that, right? And so what do you do at that point? So how do you, if, if you're the one trying to control this chaos and the wheels really uh, are beginning to, to come off the wagon at this point, how do you fight it? Uh, how do you fight that? So smear campaigns, psyop campaigns, and you, you want to put the absolute worst face forward in, and, you know, pun intended there because these guys have all the facial tats and, you know, they, they you don't do that. Okay. Ink on the face is, is, you know, giant red flag. Anybody that's that knows anything about prison systems and corrections and criminal intelligence uh, and has been tasked with that knows that that you know when when you're looking at somebody with a bunch of facial ink, they're a, li- a, a lifer. You know, there's somebody who is fully indoctrinated into to whatever it is they're doing, and those are the guys that you have to put in special management units because they they are what they are, right? So having a guy with this much facial ink. Uh, which is all symbols, by the way. He's, he's got a long criminal record here. You're going to put him forward because he's the most radical-looking of the guys. right? He's there to be a smear campaign, and what's worse is, is that personalities like this, they know that they're going to draw a certain number of people to it. okay? By hook or by crook, this is what they're going to do.
And this is all meant to also simultaneously create parallel narratives. All right, you got to understand that too. The power of narratives is very, very strong. And they will run. And when I say they, the, the partners of the regime in the mainstream media will run footage of these cats saying their inflammatory stuff over and over and over again to supply them with the talking points they are seeking. And they're going to apply that in a blanket style to you and I. right? So, this guy. You know, we've been saying this for a long time. A, a lot of the smarter guys uh, who, who actually do have intelligence training out there and have been pointing this stuff out. You know, Patriot Front was, was another good example of this. Those guys, that, that was a federal government production, top to bottom. It, it, it was what it was. You could see it for what it was. And it wasn't until the debate raged and it wasn't until they got filmed going under that, that subway station or going into that subway station underground or whatever it was they were doing that, that people began to wake up and say, oh, yeah, you know what? Yep. And they just started showing up at, at you know all the wrong places and they never had anybody protesting them or I should say maybe all the right places at the right times when the cameras are rolling and they never had anybody protesting them and then it wasn't until somebody got their face mask removed and he was identified and it turned out he had a past with the Federal Bureau of Investigation so um, these guys you know, it comes out that not only is Mr. McClellan, uh, you know, back here from Ukraine, that he is overheard on this video. Uh, it's a statement that he is making, uh, but his record is pulled up. And it's essentially stating that he is an asset for the FBI. Folks, come on. Uh, come on. You know, it is what it is, okay? It is evident on its face. The corruption is too deep and too strong to hide. I think that it's sad, uh, but we have a duty to point these things out. We're in a very dangerous time right now, and I think that, you know, that is probably the understatement of the century. But we're at a time right now where... People are looking for the answer anywhere and everywhere they can find it. It is too easy for you to sit back and want someone else to do all the work. And because of that, because you, you yourself, won't stand up and do what needs to be done. Because it begins with you. It begins with decent people out there. Right? Main Street America. Because you're not willing to stand up and risk your neck. You would rather defer that to someone else. Well, he over there, he's doing something. Now let's just all follow him. Yeah, man, it doesn't work that way, dude. You have to be willing to stand up. It begins with you. You. If you're listening to this podcast, get out there and do something productive. Do something productive. Don't be a bump on the log. Don't sit back and watch. This is not a spectator sport. Politics is one domain of it. And I get it, man. People get burned out. They get frustrated with stuff. Doesn't seem like it's ever changing. 
But I'm telling you, if we weren't winning, if we didn't have a real shot, they would not be so desperate as to make it so obvious and throw it into your face. I'm telling you, it's, this is what they're doing. And they're making it obvious. They're throwing it in your face. If we can't win on our values, we'll just cheat to win and it'll be a raw power grab and we're going to take it from you. But I'm telling you, pressure busts a pipe. Stay the course, folks. Stay the course. Of course, brushbeater.store. Again, Lucid Optics in stock. We've got a few more optics manufacturers that are uh, going to be unveiled throughout this month. Uh, well, hopefully the third one. Hopefully the third one we, we will be unveiling towards the end of the month. But the second one, 100% without a doubt. And I'm really, really excited about it. Brushbeater.store. Brushbeater.store. And of course, shout out to our other show sponsors, Blacksmith Publishing, the Warriors Bookstore, CivilDefenseManual.com, and of course, my very good friend Joe Dolio with the um, Tactical Wisdom Series. Folks, keep your head on a swivel. Stay straight, stay sane, and keep disciplined. Train on. God bless. I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Zensi Scout, out.